Welcome back to the Lawrenceville Bicentennial Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk to the people that know Lawrenceville best. Hey guys, Nate McGill from Gwinnett Magazine. I'm your host. Uh, hey, what does a city do when it rains? What does it do with all this water? Uh, today on the show, we're talking all about storm water. Um, but I'm going to keep this intro short because I'm getting real wet out here. <laughs> Let's jump right in. All right, welcome back to the Lawrenceville Bicentennial Podcast. Uh, today we have a very exciting show, but first I want to ask you guys a question. Uh, what do these movies have in common? Okay, um, Terminator 2, let's see, the movie It, The Fugitive, and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Let me tell you what it is. Storm drains. <laughs> Every one of those movies has an incredible scene with a storm drain. And today we're talking all about stormwater. We are talking uh, to Madison Smith, stormwater coordinator for the city of Lawrenceville, about all things stormwater. Uh, things that you probably don't think about on an everyday basis, but Madison thinks about all the time. It is a um, blessing and a curse. A blessing and a curse. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us where you come from and how you got to the city of Lawrenceville and what your role is there. Okay. Um, my name is Madison. I come from Pennsylvania. I've lived in Georgia now for about nine months. Okay. So I'm, a, I'm a transplant, as I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing stormwater now for about six years. I started off um, going to school for environmental science and okay. made the bold decision to try and work in the oceans. Okay. But was landlocked. Oh, I so, see. Yeah, Pennsylvania doesn't have a lot of coast. No. Yeah. So I opted for the next um, available body of water and fell into stormwater. Okay. So it was a very life-altering experience. So I how guess. did you find Lawrenceville, Georgia, from way up there in Pennsylvania? So I, ironically, after I graduated, did a trip to Savannah. Okay. And... After that trip, I looked at my mom, and I'm like, I'm going to live in Georgia. Yeah. And Lawrenceville is where my dad's side of the family lived for about 10 years. Oh, okay. So when I found a job down here, I contacted them. I'm like, what do you think of Lawrenceville? Do you think it's a place I could fit in? Uh-huh. And they're like, well, if you want to go to Georgia, Lawrenceville is a great place to start. And, right. You know, get your feet wet and... Um, Pun intended. Everything. <laughs> Everything is stormwater puns with me. Okay, um, good. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Ready to go. Um, but yeah, so that's how I ended up down here. And I have been searching for a job in Georgia for six years now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And and Lawrenceville City happened to come yep. to the rescue there. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh, look, stormwater coordinator in Georgia. I'm like, oh, wonder yeah. what could happen with this. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because, you know, I mean, I don't think about stormwater a lot. Sometimes I'll see folks out in the neighborhood with the leaf blower, and I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to blow leaves down there. No. Uh, why don't we just quit that? Uh, but anyway, um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about why do we need um, a stormwater utility in a city anyway? So what is it? So everyone kind of knows about the other water-based utilities, drinking water, sanitary sure. sewer. And stormwater is kind of the unknown cousin that they didn't know people were related to. Okay. <laughs> so um, the difference between stormwater and the other utilities is the process of treatment before being released back into the, the water system. Okay. And with stormwater, everything you see that's 
on your lawn, on your house, um, on the street. When it rains, it flows right into those uh, stormwater infrastructures and to the creeks. I got gotcha. you. So everything is picked up in it. I While see. with drinking water and sanitary sewer, everything goes to a treatment facility prior to then being discharged back to the creek. So it's being purified right. to a level safe for the environment. Where stormwater is not. No. So if it goes down the storm drain, it's just going right, finding a, a creek. Yeah, or it's a, finding a home somewhere. Somewhere. But there's not like one spot where it goes. I guess it goes into some retention ponds, so maybe. Some, yeah, sometimes it goes to retention ponds. That's a, a new design that we started in, in the past 20, 30 years. Okay. And everything started off with volume control. I see. Where... Everything that goes onto the asphalt flows into the pipes and then goes to a pond to then be slowly released out at a regulated rate. Okay, to, to a stream creeks, to or something. Yep. Okay, I gotcha. So in the last 10 years, they found that volume is great, but quality was missing. I see. So they started coming up with some new practices, trying to enhance the water that's being collected in the ponds and then releasing it to the creeks trying to mimic the scale of like water and mm -hmm. wastewater treatment without having to build multi-million dollar facilities. Yeah, it's a challenge, I would imagine. And a lot of folks might know this just like from their neighborhoods. Their, your neighborhood might have a retention pond or something, mm -hmm. or they might have a, some way to collect water, but eventually that water is going to the, um, the creeks. Yep. And usually you cannot catch bass in a retention pond. So a lot <laughs> no. of people don't think about it. You know, you can't fish in it. I mean, what's it there for? It's just there collecting all the water from the neighborhood and the crazy neighbors. So what are these crazy neighbors not supposed to do with the storm drains? Well, so <laughs> uh, ironically, I was having this conversation with our, our code enforcement office yesterday. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, so what, what are you allowed to do with stormwater? I'm like, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Uh -huh. um, anything that is not stormwater would be a pollutant based off of state and federal regulations. Okay. So, so what um, if somebody's washing their car in their driveway and if, if soap a, and stuff's going in there? So the preferred method is to... Of course, go to a commercial car wash. I see. It has yeah. everything built into it to contain the soap, clean mm -hmm. the soap, and bring the water back into the car wash. Yeah, and it reclaims the water. It reclaims so, the water. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's great. But you do have an ability to wash your car at home if you would like. And what we try to recommend is either only using water or doing it in a way to capture the soap. So it's not great. But I always try and recommend possibly washing it in your lawn because the grass is going to kind of capture the soap. I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. It's a, not perfect. Mm -hmm. It's never a perfect world. Yeah. But it's, right. it's at least a way for a person to still be able to do what they want to do on their property. Interesting. I wonder if they make different kinds of soap that are like So they did try friendly. and do that. And unfortunately, didn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's great on packaging. It's uh -huh. great for sales. Uh, but biodegradable doesn't mean great for the environment. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, that's good to know. So if at all possible, if you're in a neighborhood, if you've got a storm drain near you, something like that, maybe think about just going and get one of those annual subscriptions to the car wash because uh, it's a little more affordable that way. 
and not having to worry about what's happening. Because let me tell you what the end result of that is, and I can speak from personal experience on this one, okay? Because right now I'm having to pay more on my HOA dues, and the reason is, is that dang retention pond, people. (laughs) It is. Because, you know, code enforcement came out, uh, not Lawrenceville, but Gwinnett, and there are sediment issues with our retention pond, and people putting trash and stuff in, either throwing it over the fence or it's going down the storm drains. And so you don't care about this issue until you have to pay $450 extra for something. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, wow, maybe I should think more about what this is. And so just warning you, uh, eventually it'll come around if, you, if it hasn't already. Yeah. So that's why we want to think about uh, what's going on. So what is, uh, you, you do a lot in your job. Let's talk about some of the things that you've done to kind of help educate the city and educate people on this issue. Because I, I would imagine just people don't know the difference uh, between a sewer, a storm drain. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know what they're looking at. They just see the sewer lid. They think of the Ninja Turtles. They don't know what else is happening. All I think about is it. Uh, it yeah, and, um, it is like that is the that, storm drain, drain scene. Yes, That's that is. Um, there's been way too many times I've jumped into one of our catch basins and just too afraid to look down to see what's actually and going on. And if there's on. a clown uh, yeah, looking um, at you. There was a, if you've not seen the scene, definitely don't go to YouTube right now and look it up. No. Because you'll, you'll have the rest of the day, you'll just be looking for clowns and storm drains. It's not good. Yeah, made the terrible mistake of telling one of our coworkers about that. And then Halloween, I saw nothing but red balloons oh, and catch basins. Uh, yeah, it was nice. great. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wow. That's a good one. All right. Okay. So, but you've done a brochure. You've done some other stuff on social media. I've seen a video you with you in a field with goats in it. Yes. So what all have you been doing for City of Lawrenceville? This looks like a pretty fun gig you got. Yeah. So the great thing about stormwater is you kind of get to tailor it to however you want to mm-hmm. educate the public. And with the educational tools that we're utilizing, it's a lot of one-on-one conversations right now as we start to ramp up our communications and um, kind of our, our stormwater education approach. Uh-huh. And what I've been working really hard on is trying to bring small groups together to kind of start changing the perspective. So. Mm. I'm working with the Lawrenceville Art Commission to see if we can potentially do like a storm drain art competition. Oh, okay, cool. To, just get people thinking about it. Just trying to, yeah, the trying to force storm water onto a person is not great. Let's talk about storm water right now. Yeah, yeah. get really, really yeah. aggressive in Why? That. Why do we want to talk about yeah. that? Yeah, so I, I try to, um, in the conversations I do have, relate it back to their interests uh-huh. because it stormwater impacts it, or there's a way to bring their interests into stormwater, which sure. is really cool. So we have the Lawrenceville Art Commission that we're, we're working, um, hopefully, to come up with an event or an idea in the future. Um, I'm also working with the events team to coordinate with our school districts and mm. um, hopefully do a rain barrel art project uh, engaging the youth to let them know about stormwater and yeah. just like collection opportunities that residents could have. Um, that's something I did at my last place. Um, we would then raffle off the painted rain barrels to residents that would sign up for our workshops or any sort of training activities that we would do. And I've done everything from 
stream walks, taking people out into the stream and just walking up and down. We pick up rocks, look mm-hmm. at what my, uh, microorganisms are kind of like floating around in the water. Yeah, that's to, interesting. Um, tree plantings. We do, um, there's a kind of a system that it's called a riparian buffer. Mm. And it's a way to buffer the stream systems by planting trees out maybe like 20, 30 feet from the bank. Uh-huh. Promotes shade. Um, it reduces the amount of water going into the creek. And what we would do is auger all the holes, have a group of people come in, and we just plant trees oh, all wow. day. And it's a really fun way to get out, yeah, get your hands dirty, sure. and really see the, the impact that you can do for stormwater in the long term. Right. So that has to do with that as, as well. And Arbor Day is coming up. Arbor Day is coming when, up. When is that? So the city's Arbor Day is February 17th. Okay. Is our um, v- uh, like voted on Arbor Day event. Mm-hmm. We actually are partnering with one of the breweries in Lawrenceville at Slowpore. And okay. we will be doing a tree giveaway to city of resident, city of Lawrenceville residents. And we'll be doing a whole bunch of education, a lot of opportunity for people to learn about trees and plants. And um, it's fun. It's very fun. Yeah, trees and stormwater are great. I like. I I love trees. Well, so. you're environmentalists <laughs> yeah. there, so it makes sense. Uh, it's really cool. There's a lot of um, when it comes to education. The only thing that prohibits you is your imagination, right? And how to approach and get people on board. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. You got to speak their language, and so. Uh, slow pours involved, um, so there might be beer, too. Yes. That, and that'll get my, some people's attention. My favorite thing, um, which is something I really want to do in the future, is um, doing, like, a beer fermentation class, but oh, then yeah. relating it back to the importance of water quality yeah. and why stormwater runoff directly relates to the process of making beer and, you know, producing good quality sure. beers. Makes sense. I wonder, so in a storm drain... Um, I'm thinking like there's certain exits for these storm drains, mm-hmm. correct? So those are locations that you probably have on a map or yes. something. So you know where those are. Mm-hmm. So you literally could like tour around and I guess somebody's checking those at all times. Is that you? Is that other yep. folks? Like how does um, that work? So traditionally it would be a, a staff member inside the city. Um, mm-hmm. Right now with the quantity of infrastructure we have, we are outsourcing it through a contractor. Oh, okay, I see. Um, we have about... 50 outfalls, uh, 4,000 structures for stormwater to enter into, wow. 250 retention basins in wow. the city, Holy both cow. publicly and privately owned. So we have a lot that we try and cover yeah. in a year that um, with the state requirements have to inspect. And if you don't have these systems in place, I'm guessing there's just flooding. Yeah, so if they get stopped up, backed up, all that kind of fun stuff, you just have flooding. Yes. We kind of saw some of that in Atlanta recently mm-hmm. where their storm drains kind of got backed up and some roads started getting flooded and everything like that. So, yeah. so that's another thing that comes into stormwater yeah. is so the systems were designed 30, 40, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. And runoff is directly related to development, transition from grass landscape, meadowscapes to asphalt mm. or impervious areas. And... With the redevelopment of those, the pipes that were originally installed may be undersized, which could be directly correlated to flood potential on roads. Okay. So when you say impervious, it's just like water can't go through it. Yes. Okay. So if this was your driveway at the table, 
no water could go through that. And what ends up happening is all of that runs off to the street and goes into the catch basins. I see, yeah. So pipe systems are designed to handle a certain potential capacity for max impervious area in a neighborhood. I gotcha. If everyone puts impervious area down or transitions from grass to impervious area, the pipes now potentially are undersized. Mm, okay. So that's something that stormwater and our engineering department continuously look at and plan for in our capital projects. Yeah. So if they need to increase the size of a pipe or something like that, how big are these pipes? Like, can you fit in them? Is it like the I fugitive? can fit in them. <laughs> I can. Not everybody can. Um, but the smallest pipe I think we have is about 12 to 18 inches. And the largest we have is an 84 inch. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So that one I can walk in. Yeah, yeah. You I always walk re- I like the That's where they filmed the fugitive. In. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> so everything that we have is like underground. There's not like a, a open area kind of like you see in Terminator 2. You got like the LA River there. It's open water. Or I lived a few years in Louisiana. They have them, they're like open and then you can, then they go underground. You kind of walk in there. So it's, they're very visible, but they're almost like, above ground highways for your stormwater to run off mm-hmm. to. But as far as Lawrenceville goes, it's just under the ground. Luckily, we don't have anything that's exposed to the air I like see. that. Everything we have, if it is open air, it's going to be kind of more of a ditch, rock lined or grass. And then everything else will be underground. Okay. The only time you'll ever really see stormwater like exposed will be in a creek. So we've done a good job of kind of like hiding the fact that it's a thing. Yeah. So then your job becomes very important because you've got to educate folks on what it is. So what was the deal with the goats? So the goats Yeah, it was a cool video. If you guys haven't seen it, Lawrenceville's got it on their reels. You can go to the city's social media and check this out. But a bunch of goats out there. So what were the goats doing? So the goats were our um, testing to see if we could look at kind of a passive maintenance procedure. Mm -hmm. Right now, the basin that the goats went into, it takes nine guys with weed whackers to cut for six days. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, it's a lot. Yes. So we're looking at the goats being our fantastic workers Mm -hmm. and just tossing them in for some time, eat the grass away, and come out. Oh, yeah, that's great. So hopefully we can bring them back. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the day, I think our our public works department was more excited for the goats. Yeah, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Everyone was checking in on the goats every day. It was great. They were there for about 15 to 20 days. Okay, cool. And they were a great experience and honestly fantastic to just see a a different idea Mm -hmm. come about for trying to do maintenance on our facilities yeah it's natural it's It's like you know it's you don't have a lot of uh you know small engines uh (laughs) burning gas and exactly and doing their thing being able to put our time and effort into more maintenance procedures for the public with our right-of-way cutting and our trash collection, being able to have our employees focus on that than having to go cut a, a basin. Right, yeah. And as I said, we have about 250 in the city. Wow, and that's, that's a lot. And that's publicly and privately owned. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the publicly owned ones, we would assume to have to maintain and cut all of those. I see. And the goats were definitely a better option for us to, to look into doing and hopefully expanding yeah, and that's cool. being able to 
throw the goats in, not have to worry about it, come back, goats gets moved to the next one, and it's a great time. Sometimes the old ways are the best ways, yeah. as they say. The I best like was is each of the goats that we ended up getting all had names. Oh, yeah. So they all had cute little <laughs> collars with their names embroidered in there, and we're like, look, yeah, goats are Trixie's fun. going at it. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's eating away. It's a great time. Yeah. Animals bring a lot of joy. Yes. So, you know, that's good. That's awesome. Very fun. Well, what other unconventional solutions have you got? Like, what are the other uh, solutions for stormwater that you're thinking of? So if we go back to the idea of everything being underground, mm-hmm. um, my method of stormwater is kind of bringing it to light, doing a lot of above ground structures, but trying to make them aesthetically pleasing and more of like features and enhancements to existing infrastructure. So mm. Instead of having a catch basin that then pipes all the stormwater underground, doing a dual system where we can capture it in, say, um, a drop rain garden or a stormwater planter, the water travels down the curb line, mm. pops into here. If it reaches a certain volume, it goes into an outlet structure and then goes into the pipes. I see. So you're kind of capturing maybe 30% of the water in this system and then reducing the amount of water going into the pipes and the, the streams at the end of the day. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. And it, it, Where do you get your ideas from? Like, do you, Is there other systems like this that exist in other places? and? Yeah, so um, I have found every single textbook on Amazon. Oh, wow, yeah. And I have read it. Oh, we're a real stormwater nerd then. <laughs> it is. I said it was a blessing and a curse. It, it's a blessing and a curse. So yeah. I have read a lot of unconventional ways to do stormwater. I've done I, a lot of different certifications. Uh, Pennsylvania, our watershed was the Chesapeake Bay. Okay. So wow. where I went to school, I was on the Chesapeake Bay, so I had a lot of educational background in that. I see. And we had a program called the Chesapeake Bay Landscape Professional Certification, Mm. where it basically taught you what you needed to know to reduce the quantity of sediment in your runoff Mm. and the volume. So we would stop hurting the Chesapeake Bay and um, improve the water quality over time. And... Up there, the method is very much green, reducing the volume to the creeks, capturing the sediment early on, and everything we do is more of a plant-based absorption of pollution and infiltration into the ground. Mm. So trying to use the the soil medias as a way to get water into the ground as quick as possible. Mm. Concepts are a little bit different down here. I didn't know about Georgia clay. (laughs) <laughs> and Georgia well, clay welcome. is like cement. <laughs> it is. It is that red clay. Yes. So it's thick. It's thick, but and not friendly. No, which is why we use more basins and ponds to I do see. a lot of our water collection. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the ideas that the stormwater community has and new technologies are constantly coming out. We can work on using the ponds and kind of coming up with a Hybrid approach I with see. everything. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, there's a surprising amount of textbooks out there, though. <laughs> I bet. Yes. I mean, we've been doing this for a little bit. It's been raining yeah. for a while. Luckily, job security, it always rains. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it always rains. And we got a lot more folks to take care of, which kind of just makes it 
um, an ever-growing issue because the more populous that we that we grow, the more citizens that are moving into town, mm-hmm. the more uh, you know elements there are that affect the stormwater and where it's going and what's going in those pipes and mm-hmm. and all that, especially with new housing developments. Oh yes, I, I have seen so many weird things. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the funniest one I ever had was this brand new community. It wasn't even in a year. A property owner was going out and dumping her household kitchen grease down the storm drain Oh, fun! every day to the point that the new system was so blocked up with sediment. Wow. Or sorry, not sediment, but cooking grease. Yeah, yeah. The road was flooding. Oh my gosh. This is the National Lampoon. We're going to hit all the movies I've yes, mentioned. That's the National yeah. Lampoon's moment. You know the one. Randy Quaid out there dumping the RV waste into the sewer drain, and then it blows up. Yeah, don't yep. do that. Please don't. Cooking grease. Yes. Man. I've, I've seen it all. Um, yeah. I've seen it, too. I'm rescuing a chihuahua that fell into one. Oh, Lord. To having to scoop with a... Sh- hand tool of cooking grease out uh, of the pipe it's wow. anything you can imagine yeah it just finds its way down there mm-hmm. i mean you don't you know like it's it's i think it's just like a, a it's a strange thing to to think that that's a a go-to for somebody like i'm just going to throw trash down there mm-hmm. but i guess that if you don't know you don't know so people just kind of do it the thing. yeah it's it's changing years and years of we've done this forever type of mindset and bringing it to light that maybe we shouldn't have been doing it this way. Yeah. Could be, could be that we didn't do it the correct way. You know, and in the past too, I mean, obviously we had less people, we had uh, more folks that were um, more agricultural. So you're going to be interacting with nature in different ways. And you think about like, well, there's fish in that pond or there's life in that that's affected on the other side of this. And, you know, today, I mean, just, it's just a common thing. It's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a culture thing where, you know, we go to the grocery store to get our food. We, mm-hmm. we're not thinking about it. Yeah. We don't know where that goes. Um, and we've never asked no. until today. Until and now today. you know, <laughs> knowing is half the battle. Yeah. And because it's underground, you don't see it. Mm-hmm. So you can't see why it's, why it's happening. So yeah. when we get calls of, for 30 years I've lived here, I've never had water come onto my property, and now I have standing water for days. Yeah. Go out, you look at the outfall that's, or the, sorry, catch basin that's right next to their property, and all of their leaves are in there, because they've just been blowing all of their leaves into it. Ah, uh, yeah. Thinking it's... I've seen that. Yes. So, and when you try and have that conversation of... Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this, and we wouldn't be having the problem with your front yard or yeah. standing water. It's it's changing the 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 the, co- the why it's important. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the thought process behind everything. Yeah, and so when folks are building, when neighborhoods first being built, um, I mean, I'm guessing this the city's involved, uh, the county's involved. I mean, there's zoning, there's different things like mm-hmm. that, but water runoff is always one of those things. That, yes. That has to be considered too. So. Yep. So we have uh, development regulations and ordinance in place to set the standards for how stormwater is supposed to be conveyed, proper sizes based off of the lot coverages. And that means you're involved in like every construction project ever. Yeah. So, yeah. 
It's a busy day. Yeah, it is. Busy day. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day to come out here and talk to us um, and kind of educate us on some of this uh, fun stuff. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to promote that's out there? I mean, we did mention Arbor Day Mm -hmm. uh, coming up, so uh, that's around the corner. Um, We're looking at potentially getting some interns. So if there's any young-minded individuals that would like to learn about stormwater, get a hands-on experience, it's a a career field that nobody knows about. Yeah, Um, and it affects the environment like immediately so you can make a difference really quickly if that's something that you care about for sure yes my book is coming out Ah. i don't have a book but eventually i will it'll be on amazon with (laughs) all those other textbooks (laughs) it'll be on amazon with all the other ones just google madison smith yes and it will be there for you awesome Um, but yeah um we are looking at doing that i i do want to promote that it's a career field that you can enter into um, you basically get to be whatever you want to be every day. I can be a construction worker. I can be um, a pol- politician, environmental yeah. scientist. Social media influencer. Social if you've got goats influencer. or you could just go on a tour of where all these outlet water is going, you know, where does it go? It comes from here. It it, 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 it leans here. You just do a bunch of those, people will get it. Yep. Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Thank you for listening to the Lawrenceville Bicentennial Podcast uh, yet again. A great episode. Um, yeah, thanks so much. If you guys like this show, then just make sure you hit subscribe. It's usually in the top right of most podcast players. You can subscribe there or just subscribe to the city's YouTube page. And, um, hey, it's probably where you're watching it anyway. All right. Y'all have a good one. And until next time, peace out.